0: Welcome to the Find Your Awesome podcast. My name is Kelsey Abbott and I'm your host. I'm an intuitive human design reader, a certified professional coach, and an instigator of joy. And I'm so excited that you're here. Thank you so much for listening. This week's conversation is a wild ride. So buckle your seatbelts, hang on to your hats, do all the things, and join us for an epic conversation. This week, I'm talking to Cassandra Schock. And Cassandra grew up, thinking that she had to be self-sufficient to find success. This motivation helped her escape from a home stricken with verbal and physical abuse. Her entrepreneurial endeavors taught her how trauma and unhealed wounds could manifest and affect the business owner's choices and behavior, showing up as self-sabotage, doubt, white knuckle control, and perfectionism. Cassandra discovered that trauma must be leveraged to achieve a better and more balanced lifestyle. This discovery allowed her to create a new level of income, impact and fulfillment while finding peace of mind. Through her experience as a birth doula and yoga instructor, she realized that her true passion was to empower women in the most meaningful moments of their lives. She discovered the real power behind women working together. And today she works as an entrepreneurial guide and intuitive business coach. I hope you enjoy this conversation. And as always, I love you. Go forth and be awesome. I'm so excited you're here and I am so excited to hear your story about Maine.
1: I am excited as well considering, you know, we've been chatting back and forth and bullshitting for the past half an hour. We're like, oh, we should probably press the record button on the podcast.
0: (laughs) Maybe we should share this with other people.
1: Exactly. No, so I was just saying to to you, I have a funny story about Maine. I have no idea, which I think I mentioned to you last time we talked why kind of spirit God, universe brought me here. I was like, I'm just along for the ride. I know I'm supposed to go up there. And I actually found a new mentor who lives four miles away from me, who is a shamanic practitioner, who has two hundred acres in Blue Hill. How did you meet this person? I shot her a message. I looked, found her website. And sometimes for people who don't know SEO or the internet is entertaining at best. Um, so I was kind of like digging through, like trying to find some community up here, especially in amongst COVID, it's hard to begin with. But like, I was like, let me just dig. So I was on the fourth page of Google, which like, let's just be honest, no one goes to the fourth page of Google ever. Mm-hmm and i saw this woman and i shot her a message and she's like oh yeah i live super close by so we started we started chatting
0: oh my goodness and how long have you been in Maine now i've been here two months okay so i cannot wait to hear what ends up transpiring with this new venture
1: No, so it's so funny because i actually already have we have a weekend i'm going to her to her cottage and we have a weekend of shamanic journeying coming up on saturday and sunday which I'm like, of course, of course, we'll be, be, you know, six feet away and all the blah, 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 COVID precautions. Um, But I was like, oh, this was quick. So it kind of got me thinking about, you know, your, your, your human design and manifestation and being very intentional with what we kind of bring into this world.
0: And you're a manifester. Therefore you just create, you just, you just do it.
1: Exactly. No. Absolutely. And it was, it happens sometimes really quick too.
0: Is it like before you're ready?
1: Mm, I think it's before my mind is ready. I think soul and spirit wise are definitely already there. And kind of the mind is like, oh, you're a little stubborn. Yeah,
0: I know that very well.
1: (laughs) But no, I think it's, I don't think it's necessarily before I'm ready, but it always seems to, I don't know. It seems like a gift every time that it catches you kind of off guard. Mm
0: Mm-hmm. I do love surprises. I know you
1: were saying that last time too. I just, I don't know. I'm not surprised often, if that makes sense.
0: Oh, it does. But is that a, do you like the fact that you're not surprised often? That's a really good
1: question. (laughs) Um, I think in regards to some stuff, and I think just being super hyper aware of kind of like surroundings and people and personality and traits and tone of voice and all of these little minute things that came from my history of having to be hyper aware of kind of my surroundings mm-hmm. um I feel like it would be really really hard to throw me a surprise birthday
0: <laughs> noted <For> one <anyone laughs> listening challenge exactly. thrown out there
1: <laughs> if anyone wants to do it it's 11 11 no just kidding is it yeah. It is. 11, Eleven Eleven, baby. I am an 11, 11 at 8, 26 PM. So it's you 8, are 8. such <laughs> a magical creature. I have a lot of, I have a lot of synergies. You are. Oh my goodness. When did you first realize that? Um, so it's funny. Cause I look back and I kind of, I wishy-wash and say that like, I didn't know, but I definitely knew. So I am not a huge fan of people who apply these like big adult realizations to childhood, but like I knew in the situation that I grew up in, which has been talked about kind of very frequently of, you know, being in an abusive household, being, you know, a child of drug addicts. um, I knew something wasn't right. And I knew I was kind of put here, but I wasn't sure why. And I spent a lot of time outside. And I, we had trails behind our house and we had kind of, In Connecticut, we had parts of like the Underground Railroad behind our house. So like I spent a lot of time out there and I had a cemetery behind our house too. I spent a lot of time out there um, just to avoid kind of what was going on inside. Um, So I always had that connection. Now, when I look back, I was like, oh, not everyone like talked to trees and like made friends with rocks and like, you know, all of these things that like were normal. (laughs) Um, I was like, that was kind of my my coping piece.
0: Uh, Okay. So from, I haven't seen your chart yet, mm-hmm. but from what I know about it so far, this all makes so much sense. Mm-hmm. Manifestors, I, I feel, okay. So manifestors don't really need parenting mm-hmm. because they know it all already. Mm-hmm. And they, they need love. Ideally. That would have been, been nice. Yeah. Ideally they get some love and security. Mm-hmm but the, the teaching you how to do things, all that, that is not for manifestors. So I love the fact that your soul chose parents who weren't really going to parent. Exactly. Because you didn't need that. And then, but look, I can just see, like, see it all planned out in (laughs) before you came. It's like, okay, look, we set you up. You don't need parents. So you're going to be all right with these two, but Look where you're going to get to live. So if you choose this one, you're going to get constant access to outside and the cemetery. Exactly. And you're, exactly. you were like, yeah, bring that yeah. Yeah, was
1: so beautiful. So we were in the corner of mass Connecticut and Rhode Island. If there's any people who are listening from that area. And we lived on the really long Webster Lake of Lake Chugachog, Man Chugachog, which I still know how to nice. say. It today. that's
0: one of my favorite. Times <laughs> it's save. such,
1: it's beautiful. It like is just magical. But from where we were lived, I mean, it was maybe a two minute walk down the road to get onto these trails and the old rail trails where you know the railroads brought stuff from south to north. Like it was just, it was. I want to go back there as like an adult now because the magic that I remember as a kid is just,
0: hmm,
1: it's pure magic. It reminds me a lot of what I was kind of saying when I'm looking out here is I see just 400 acres of nothing and it's amazing. And the other day I was on a call and I had to like pause my call because there was 20 hawks just circling around and I was like, like taking pictures and I was like, hold on. I know this is a really important sales call, but like you have to give me like, two minutes.
0: (laughs) So with your knowledge of all things shamanic,
1: Mm -hmm.
0: what I have, I have a thing with hawks. Tell me about hawks, please. Yes.
1: So hawks are a protection animal and they're, uh, they've basically come to warn a lot of people about something that's going to happen or something that will kind of take its course in your life. Um, for those, I'm not sure if those were for me or for like kind of, you know, something that my husband or my daughter was going through. But the fact that there was 20 and out of the corner of my eye, that's all I could see circling. It was just, it's majestic is
0: the best way to describe it. Mm-hmm. So yeah. what are your, what's your thing with hawks? Um, They say hi to me. They're always okay. a reminder for me that like to keep going.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I see that. And on my birthday, I, the day before my birthday, we saw three hawks on our walk and they mm-hmm. all called out to us. And then, and then I saw, I had one hawk fly right in front of me when I was biking. Which is not normal. No, I've had one when I was going over a bridge, which is in mm-hmm. Florida, that's our like mountain. Uh, so I'm like, cresting this bridge and this hawk was right at eye level that's amazing a few months ago. Yeah. We have like a daily. Hi. i um, um, i got you. Mm-hmm. I saw a lot of them before I moved up here. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: so much as so like, you always see them flying. There was one actually in the tree in my backyard in North Carolina that would sit and ne- like kind of nest in the tree. And I'm like, this is just like, again, you kind of see it out of the corner of your eye and you're like, are you actually just like chilling and resting in my property?
0: Yeah. Um, that's what I have a lot of that. I have a lot of like, they'll just, one will sit at the end of someone's driveway when we're Mm -hmm. walking by. Um, I had one come and land on the roof right over my office window Mm -hmm. one day, which was, I was, it was a similar thing. Like, hold on. I got to come. I got to check this out. I got to take your picture. Yeah.
1: What's thrown me off about Maine though, which is so funny is the crows. So I've never seen a crow at the size of a hawk, but, and I, it, it was a joke actually at first because we were talking about trash pickup and we live in a very rural area and they're like yeah you know you have to put it out at the end of the road blah 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 they're like but make sure you watch for crows like you might have to sit out there with a stick and I'm like and I got up here I was like oh my god these things are huge like it didn't
0: I just they're not your
1: standard crow
0: no they're not <laughs> um
1: crows <laughs> are also just
0: just fun fact crows are wicked smart
1: I did not know that
0: they make tools. Uh, so they, like, if you give a crow, uh, like something in a test tube, mm-hmm. like a pebble in a test tube, well, a pebble, so more like food in a test tube. Yeah. something. They, they will, think. and a wire, they will bend the wire into a hook so that they can like use it to get yeah, the food out of the test tube.
1: Beyond cool.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can tell
1: they're, they're
0: scrap. They got some scrappiness to them. They do. They also recognize <laughs> faces. So always be nice. Oh,
1: good to know. <laughs> I do swerve for them when they're all like covered on the side of the road. I make sure I avoid. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was the other thing that like moving up here, I was like, oh, they're, they're big. And then the porcupines too. I mean, we could talk about as well, which I'm like so excited that they're around.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um, we saw, I remember once when we were living in Maine, we saw a porcupine in a tree. And from a distance, it was clearly a monkey a sloth or like okay. what is that and then finally we realized it was a porcupine and apparently when porcupines die I didn't know they climbed trees oh they do but and then they fall out of them so when they die oh. they often have a lot of like healed fractures
1: interesting
0: yeah <laughs> so tell me about your relationship with porcupines please
1: I don't have much of a relationship yet um I didn't know I mean, I knew what they were, but like I was walking the dog one night and all of a sudden you hear like, it's just so much talking. And I was like, what in the honest hell is going on here? Mm -hmm. And like a lot of times when I hear stuff to be completely transparent, I make sure that it's not just me hearing stuff, but like actually like the rest of the, the world too. So I looked at my husband, I'm like, you hear that, right? He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I hear it. He's like, it's not, it's not just you. <laughs> like reassuring me. And he's like, I just don't know what it is. <laughs> so we googled porcupines talking and watched way too many YouTube videos and hours as to as to it relates. Um, I was a huge fan of them though because I started reading about them and you know when you go down your googling black hole, mm-hmm. I didn't realize that their underbelly is super, super soft. Hmm.
0: Exactly. <laughs>
1: I was like, oh, okay. Hard exterior, soft interior. Mm -hmm. So I have dubbed that. um, It's not my husband's spirit animal or totem animal by any stretch, but I've dubbed that his spirit animal. Yes. So.
0: Or actually quite snugly if you touch the right parts.
1: Good to know. (laughs) I know my dog is, everyone is his best friend or long lost sister. Mm. Like that's his personality type. He just loves everything that moves. So I was like, oh. We just can't love a porcupine because that'll be a really late night emergency vet type scenario.
0: Yeah, it will be. That was my first, um, this is totally off topic, but when I was in college, I thought I wanted to go to vet school. And so I did some time as a vet tech. Mm -hmm. And my first case was an Airedale that had tons of porcupine needles in its nose. Mm -hmm. It was so sweet and patient and was just like, please help he's hurt yeah
1: i feel like if jonah does get hit by a porcupine it won't just be like a small concentrated area he's his love knows no bounds so it'll be okay i i've tried it once i'll try it again on this side maybe my forehead yeah so if he if it happens it'll be I'm sure it just won't be like three little quills in his cheek it will be his entire being yeah
0: so So All right. You've hinted at the magic of crows. Mm -hmm. How did you, I'm sorry. The magic of hawks. Mm -hmm. Um, how, how did you get on this spiritual path? Like we know you grew up had access to the trails and cemetery. Mm -hmm. And so how'd this happen?
1: Yeah. So I'm a bit stubborn. (laughs) I'll just be completely honest and frank. (laughs) Um, and I was having some back issues when I was about 16 years old after I had moved out of the house. I had a pretty traumatic upbringing, kind of, as we discussed, and one of those resulted in a really serious back injury and they wanted to do, I moved out of the house when I was 16 and I started kind of doing a lot of personal work and self-care and trying to figure out like, okay, now that I'm out and I'm safe, relatively or safer, like what's next. And this back injury kept flaring up and kept flaring up and, Um, I would go to the doctor and they're like, you know, you're a perfect candidate for back surgery. You'd be a great candidate because you're young and you would rehab quickly. And I'm like, something in my body, something in my being, this doesn't sound right. And they're like, well, strongly consider it. So I actually started, I did kind of a, a mirage of things, be it like chiropractor and PT. And I started yoga. And this was when I was 16 years old. And I was like, oh, like, let me see if this yoga thing before I go cut my body open and insert, you know, metal plates, let me see if this, let me give this a shot and give it a fair chance. So I actually started my kind of yogic practice when I was 16 as a pure physicality practice as to like, I really want to just like stand up or bend down and not like have my back spasm or have sciatica flare down my entire leg, or was getting some numbness in my arm because of my low back issues. Like it was a disaster. So I remember my first yoga class, they were like, fold forward. And I was like, okay, we're there. And it was like a quarter, like, it was like, if you could look at the degrees chart, it was like maybe five degrees folded. It was nothing. Wow. Um, So I kind of started it from the physical practice and very, 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 very quickly within, I would say, probably six months of practice, I started picking up on the spirituality side of yoga. And I was like, oh, this is why I'm here this is what I need to actually do more of the healing work versus just the physical. And then honestly, the physical went away relatively quickly within a year, I would say. Um, I've had some back spasms as like, I use it as a tuning fork now. Mm -hmm. Um, So when I was in a really bad relationship in college, my back would spasm and I wouldn't be able to get out of bed. And so now it's kind of like, okay, bad situation or something's not going right, or I'm not listening, or I'm not tuning in my back will spasm. And I'm like, Oh, Thanks. So that's yeah, kind of that's what a nice initially
0: started me. I have, a, I, my back also helps me. The tuning fork.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It really does. It's, but that's really what brought me was the physical. And I wouldn't have gotten to, I don't think the spiritual side had I not had the physical ailment first. Cause I was again, very stubborn. Like I didn't want to go to a traditional church. I didn't want to go like, listen to someone preach at me. For a really long time, I actually, (laughs) I got invited to preach at a church and I actually did. Um, But I said, I was one of the Christians that literally just went in for the music and then left because I didn't want to have anyone talk at me. (laughs) But like, that wasn't, that was not palatable to me. So this was a very easy way and a very palatable way for, you know, source, spirit, God, universe, pick your happy word to come in and say, no, this is what you need.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. All right. So wait, so now we've got you to the spirituality from yoga.
1: Yes. So I became a yoga teacher shortly thereafter. Mm -hmm. That was the next kind of logical step. Um, And I was 19 years old when I first started teaching and I would have people fill up my classes. And they would be like, that was the best class I've ever experienced. You know, you're wonderful, blah, 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 all these praises. And I would literally go in my car and I would bawl. I was like, okay, I'm glad you had a good class, but I picked up all sorts of your shit. Oh. <laughs> I didn't know and I had never had a teacher that said like, this is what happens. It was just me kind of following the next lily pad, the next step, the next logical place. So I ended up going from uh, being a yoga teacher, being realizing, oh, I guess I'm this thing called empathic. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm guessing that like, I'll take your ailment and just absorb it like a sponge, which I know a lot of my massage clients like, don't realize that they have that skill until they're, you know, hands on the table. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was in the yoga room. So I ended up going from um, my yoga practice to then finding someone to teach me Reiki and to teach me energy clearing because I was like, Oh, I'm glad you all feel great. But like, now I have all your shit. And even in, you know, inside my soul, inside my body, is it even more of a shit show than what it was before I taught the class. Right. I moved to Reiki, um, Reiki one, Reiki two, Reiki master as part of my kind of energy clearing, energy conservation. And then kind of that led me down one more path and one more path and one more path. So it's always been a, a loving little, here's one spirituality lily pad. Okay, now that you've done that one, here's your next spirituality lily pad and then kind of bouncing from one to another. And I don't know necessarily what's what's next while I'm in the in the moment.
0: Of course not. No, it wouldn't be fun then. No. Um, And are they each building on the one before? Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. So I went from um, Reiki and I did some Karuna work and some more advanced energy work. Um, From Reiki, I went back to a a more advanced yogic practice and deeper meditation practice. Um, And then from there, I kind of went more down the shamanic route and did some shamanic journeying, shamanic drumming, um, some soul retrieval, et cetera, et cetera. And it's kind of spiraled since there. And, um, in there, I also did some chakra work into some, some more traditional, I guess you could say energy work and then started pulling in different modalities, whether it be, you know, crystals or plant medicine or sage or whatever the case may be. Okay. So
0: soul retrieval, what's that? Okay.
1: Uh, so essentially what soul retrieval is, is when you're living in a human body, there are certain, I like to explain it, that there's certain things in your body that it knows it won't be able to handle. So your soul actually fragments a piece off and it goes elsewhere because in human form, it wouldn't be able to take what's about to happen or what has happened or what what you're going through. So a lot of that can be either physical, mental, sexual abuse, kind of those big T's that we know of. But a lot of it also is like loss or miscarriage or grief or, you know, a broken relationship with a loved one, whatever the case may be. If it's too much for your soul to handle, a piece fragments and it goes away. So in the, China- what's that? Where does it go? That's what everyone always asks. <laughs> I wish I had a great answer for that. Um, My response I, I like to explain a lot of stuff like, you know, to a toddler, I was like, it just goes off into the ether. It's just, it's not, it's not within your, your physical human, human meat suit and body that you walk around. Mm-hmm. And it's just, cause it wasn't safe. So it just kind of, I, I equated again to my three-year-old. So like, if something's scary or if something's happening, or if, you know, daddy yells at her, she goes and runs away. Like that's what essentially happens to your your soul so retrieval essentially means we go in and we figure out what age and we figure out where it came what really happened to you and what you weren't able to say or weren't able to process or weren't able to kind of hold on to and we bring that piece back into the body
0: is that just for one piece like if you have had multiple traumas are you going to have multiple pieces out there
1: Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I'm pretty sure when I started my process, my entire soul was out of my body and I had to like basically go hunt around and find it. Um, just because I've done, I, could, I wish I could count um, that high, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. I've probably done no fewer than 70 soul retrievals in my, for myself. Wow. Or my, my mentors have for me as well. Um and I'm still not, I'm still not, not, I don't think you're ever truly done in my mm-hmm. opinion. So, cause you're also healing like minute minutes or, you know, sometimes for me, it was you know, a word or, you know, a phrase that someone once told me. Yeah. And it's, it could be as little as that. It doesn't have to be, you know, something big.
0: And Do you do this for your clients now I too? do.
1: Yeah. So this is one of the bigger pieces of my work for business. Because business is a direct mirror. And for me, probably will always be a direct mirror for kind of what your personal development and personal journey is. Mm -hmm. So where I kind of see the strength with with the work that I do with my clients is we don't know why we're having that identity issue because we can't identify it. So I use it as a modality to help identify the issue. And then I'm like, okay, now here's what we're going to do around it. Mm. We're going to bring that piece back in, but then we're also going to nurture and love and kind of hold hands with that piece and get really comfortable with her again um, versus just kind of doing it once and then being like okay well that was it like good luck you're you're whole again like that doesn't really serve people
0: yeah it's, speaking of business mm-hmm. have you been in other than being a yoga teacher yeah. is that the only time you ever had worked for somebody else
1: Um, No, 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 no. So I actually, so I was in corporate for about five years, um, kind of, and while I was teaching yoga. um, But that's, other than that, that's the only time. Um, And I was in corporate because I was trying, this is my kind of been my journey and my path is seeking this love, seeking this affirmation from someone that I was because I didn't have it as a child mm-hmm. so I was really 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 super successful in the corporate world I was a director of digital marketing for a fortune 50 company at age 24 which is like not normal um but I actually got pulled away from it because of my yoga practice I was having to decide do I travel around and go to this f1 race or do I go teach my Sunday night yoga class which for me like for most people would probably be like oh no we like the we like the salary we like the 401k we like the job security in the company car um but for me I was like no 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 I know I'm supposed to be on the mat like in yoga pants barefoot like with people like Mm -hmm. which is uh that was my first I guess real it was my first real pull I guess into polarity too As to like, I feel like I know I should be doing something or something looks really great on paper, but I feel like I'm called and I'm being pushed into a different spot.
0: Mm, That was your first one. What's your most recent one?
1: (laughs) I mean, today? (laughs) I'm just kidding. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, No, I mean, honestly, what I'm exploring right now is this concept for polarity of being in, in being like actually embracing the intuition piece, but also being pragmatic because that's a piece that we kind of look at, and we're like, no, those are really far apart. Like you can't be both. Um, and that's the piece that's kind of been circling around. It's been like the theme of 2020 is to how to bring the pragmatic side and the intuitive side and have it birthed and blossom together. When people, I think people are used to seeing and used to processing just one or the other, and not bringing both together.
0: Mm, that feels very um, feels very grounded it actually feels to me like it goes deep, it goes below the earth. It's Mm -hmm. like a triangle that goes, it's an upside down iceberg. (laughs) The tip is underground.
1: (laughs) So I'm assuming that means most of, that means most of it is underground then too, if it's an upside down iceberg, which is very true.
0: Which would make sense. Yes. (laughs) So So when we talked before, you mentioned a relationship between human design Mm -hmm. and shamanic healing or shamanic beliefs. Yeah. What, 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 tell, just talk, please.
1: Okay. Um, so human design for me is one of the modalities that I'm not super skilled in, but it's enough that I've, I can play around with and be dangerous. Mm-hmm. Um, again, being probably in true manifest fashion, I'm like, I don't need anyone to teach me. I'll just go, I'll just go play around with it and look at charts and figure it out myself. Um, so what I've noticed is what's really interesting to me, I guess I could say, is the charts that I've been able to look at and absorb and really, you know, touch and be tactical with. I've seen a lot of parallels with human design as it relates to, and shamanism as it relates to who they're meant to be as a purpose, uh, who their sole purpose is and what their sole purpose is and what their calling and what their destiny is and what their kind of plan and map was beforehand.
0: So does shamanism have a way of finding out people's purpose, destiny? So we do a lot
1: of work as it relates to that, but it's also, um, uh, we also do some things with past life regression where I see that also pulling in as to like, okay, you had this hand dealt or you had, you were, you know, you were told this or you lived through this before. So you can live through
0: this now. Mm -hmm. So does that make kind of make sense? That does make sense. Yeah. Um, what, can you speak to your personal experiences or like what you have found that resonates between what you know of your human design and what you've learned through shamanism? Yeah,
1: absolutely. So I've done um, quite a few past life regressions for self and I've actually had one most recently. Um, that was remarkably interesting. And, you know, like when you're talking to someone and just everything clicks from like, oh, that's why I do that. Okay. That makes sense. That's why I do that. Like probably very similar to your first experience with human design. Mm -hmm. Um, She was talking and I have it recorded actually. I should re-listen to it. But she was like, oh, so the reason why you were put on this earth this time was to have these deep connections and to bring life into business she goes you were a man before I was like oh well that's not a surprise (laughs) she goes but you were a mayor of a small town she goes and you thought you were the badass you know of the town and you employed all of these people and blah 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 she goes but in that life she goes what you didn't connect with and what like didn't work for you was um, just this chief, A. Hey, there was one thing about the feminine connection and not being very masculine and not like ever complimenting your wife and not ever loving your wife and not being like just open. And like, he's like, she's like, you had kids. And she's like, you provided great for your kids. She's like, but that's it. She's like, you were a paycheck. She's like, mm. and you thought when you died, you, the heavens were just going to open the floodgates for you. Cause you tithed and you did all the right things. She's like, but you were kind of an asshole. I was like, Oh, <laughs> okay. (laughs) So when we did this kind of past life regression to see like where I was, it, those things that clicked were, you know, okay, I am supposed to merge business and life. I am supposed to, you know, have a fulfilling relationship with family and daughter, but I am also supposed to rewrite the script of what that looks
0: like. Yeah. And this woman
1: knew nothing about me before I sat down with her. (laughs)
0: That is amazing.
1: So for me, like when I look at that and how that relates to human design, like, of course I'm a manifester. Mm-hmm. <laughs> of course I had the trails all laid out for me. Of course my parents were shitty because I had to figure out family and love and that dynamic on my own. Like, of course I didn't have this ideal, so I could create my own ideal and actually infuse that in my life. Mm-hmm. So like now when I look at it and I was like, oh yeah, like how would it have been any other way? But of course.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness. It's so perfect. And it I really love the, the power that you were given like, the, well, that your soul chose for you as a manifester.
1: A hundred percent. Yeah. I remember sitting there when she was telling me that and like kind of thinking back to all of the, the work that I've done and all of the readings that I've had and all of the charts that I've had, like all of the things. And I literally sat there and was laughing. Like in the recording, I think it's hysterical. She's like, is this like accurate? She was like hesitant because I wasn't giving, I wasn't feeding. Like a lot of times in readings, you can almost sense the, you can sense people feeding information. And then they read off of that. Like this was me sitting here, like literally laughing hysterically. I was like, oh, okay, that's why I do the work that I do. That's why I am the way that I am. That's why I had the life that I did.
0: Do you have any recollection of this past life as a mayor? <laughs>
1: so it's funny. So we actually had this conversation in one of my, uh, one of my coaching courses the other day. I don't actually dream. I'm one of those weird people where I'll, I know, Wolf. let me, let me back that up. I dream, but I don't actually remember after. So like I will wake up panicked or tired or, you know, crying or happy or like something based on what happened. But I actually don't remember. Like my husband will have a whole conversation and like, yeah, we did this. We went here, you know, this person was in my dream. And I'm like, He's like, did you dream? I'm like, oh. I don't really, I
0: rarely remember mine.
1: I never, uh, but like for me when I'm in it, it's vivid and I like have like bodily reactions to it. Mm-hmm. Um, So it's funny because they asked me too about this particular retrieval. And if, you know, I dreamt about it after and I was like, I think I did. And I remember being like upset because of like the family dynamic that was there. But I'm like, I, that's all that I remember. I'm like, I can't tell you really anything else.
0: It feels to me like your soul takes care of it, and mm-hmm. it's like your human doesn't need to know.
1: No, I you would don't. love to know, though. I like I get a little bit jealous, like when my group coaching programs are like, "Yeah," and you know, we had this, and um, we actually found out. I didn't realize this until a couple weeks ago, actually. Um, apparently, your dreams actually—I um, guess it's how your how quickly your brain processes information, or there was a tie there. So um, one of my girls, she goes, oh yeah, I'm like 10 years behind. She goes, I've never dreamt about my kids. <laughs> oh, that's fascinating. <laughs> Which I didn't. And then I started again down the Google black hole and then down like asking kind of my mentors and friends in the space. And I was like, is this accurate? And they're like, yeah, your body actually and your, and your dreams and your subconscious and your conscious have need time to, to be at the same levels for some people. <laughs>
0: So she's oh. like I've
1: never dreamt about my husband, never dreamt about my kids. She's like I dream about, you know, my old family, families that's deceased and passed on. She's like but she had like this 10 year gap which was that's- really cool because we were playing with it, total side note. And we did um kind of a couple different retrievals and couple different kind of methodologies and wanted to see if we could maybe alter that and she actually dreamt about her kids the next night. Just for one night and then it went away again. <laughs>
0: So she's got access to it.
1: She has access to it, but her, her subconscious hasn't quite caught up with her conscious mind.
0: Mm, that is fascinating. My husband recently shared with me that he heard, he heard an interview with someone that said that this is on a much more concrete level, but mm-hmm. that, you know, how um, if you lose sight, for instance, you will, your sense of hearing will mm-hmm. likely increase. So our that happens because just like the the brain is like, okay, we're gonna feed these resources over here now. Mm -hmm. So apparently dreaming is a way to keep our brain active on seeing things. Because if we didn't and we had our eyes closed that long, it we would it would amplify our sense of hearing or some other sense. Yeah. sense. basically it would shut down our, our sight.
1: So on a total side note, because this just came up as you were talking about that, do you feel like now that you're wearing masks out in public everywhere? Well, maybe not in Florida. Florida is a little edgier than most states. But- we still are. Yes. <laughs> but no, like, do you feel like other senses have like changed or shifted or altered from you?
0: I don't. The only thing I've really noticed, and I don't I'm, I don't go out in public much, <laughs> but in um, places where I'd have to wear a mask. Yeah. Um, I, the only thing I've noticed is the other day I was just headed to ATM and I was like, it feels weird not to bring a mask. I'm going to bring a mask. Um, yeah, But yeah, why have you? Yeah. I feel like I've gone deaf and people like, I talk very
1: clearly and very loudly and people can't hear me and I can't hear them. And I know it there's a physical barrier. But I'm like, I think that, like, I don't know. I feel like there's something else going on. We'll probably see it, you know, ten years down the road as to to what mask wearing does to your senses. But I feel like something is definitely shifted or altered, and I'm, it's not just you know a piece of fabric in front of the mm-hmm. in front of the mouth. Well, like, is- or either that or I really depended on rip, rip like lip reading beforehand, and I didn't know it. <laughs> that could possibly be it as well.
0: Yeah, that's really fascinating. <laughs> okay. I want to shift gears to, um, rituals, Mm -hmm. what, well, what do you, you, when I asked you what you're really excited about, you said you're creating this new course Mm -hmm. that helps people create their own rituals. Yes. Why would people want to do that?
1: Absolutely. So the body is programmed to actually work in ritual, like modalities and mentalities. Um, we're not programmed to do something once and then have it be done. Um, that's what a lot of people kind of teach and that's what a lot of people know. And that's kind of the, the prototypical way of doing things now. And it's funny for me because for a really long time, I was like, "Ah, I hate duplicate work. Like, why would I do a ritual? Like, why would I have like, that doesn't make sense. It seemed like duplicate work for me, but there's this kind of theory, um, with compounding effect and ritual that actually it advances far more than we can even see on the conscious and subconscious level. So what I've kind of been playing with is there's these things that we're supposed to do and said to do, and everyone gives us this prescription on how to do it, but we're not taking that prescription and kind of making it our own. We're just like, okay, cool. If I'm supposed to do a morning ritual or if I'm supposed to do something in the morning to wake up my brain, I should journal and then I should sit there and meditate and then I should listen to this track of, you know, whatever alpha music, like pick your, pick your ritual. And I should, you know, burn this incense and I should do this essential oil. And everyone kind of takes their own, takes someone else's prescription and just uses it for themselves. And that's made me angry.
0: (laughs) Oh my God. We, the timing of this is so interesting because just this morning I remembered, so I retired from social media in May. Mm -hmm. Um, and before that, I, one of the ways I used social media or one of the things social media the impacts it had on me was that I would spend a lot of time not on social media, but thinking about what I was going to post, like what content mm-hmm. I was creating. And I remember I've got um, a morning routine that is like my ride or die for like, I don't know, six years now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had been thinking before I went off social media I should share my morning routine. Like I could share that. And I do all these activation exercises and I was like, I could share that. Maybe I'll like not do it in my pajamas, but mm-hmm. show people like what I do later. That's not authentic. Do <laughs> in your pajamas. But also this morning I was like, oh my God, what a horrible idea. I'm so glad I got off social media before I tried to do that. Because when people ask me what I do, I actually have no words for it. Mm-hmm. And it's it's uh, it's mine. Mm-hmm. It's not for sharing,
1: exactly. And see, most people don't have that mentality. They're like, "Look at how I've biohacked my way through blah blah blah." Or look at how I've done all these things, and now I'm ten x more productive. Like picking your happy marketing language, which, mm-hmm. mind you, you know this. I own a marketing agency. I love marketing more than anyone else in the world, probably. However. <laughs> There's this kind of notion that it goes, like, in my mind, it goes a couple of steps too far where, like, we're selling something that's not necessarily going to be beneficial to all. So, like, one of the things that I've cultivated in kind of my group coaching programs is figuring out what makes sense for them and what could be ritualistic for them versus just, like, yes, of course I have mine. But, like, some parts of mine you may look at and be, like, absolutely effing not, (laughs) Mm-hmm. And like I part, borrowed parts of mine from shamanism, I borrowed parts of mine from yoga, I borrowed parts of mine from meditation, I borrowed parts of mine from the Wim, Wim Hof method, but it's integrated into me versus just again taking this very prescriptive approach.
0: Yes. yes. Have you? Um. Sorry. Random question. It's actually something you just said. Have you read the book Breath by James? I yes, I have. Yes. liked it. Um, I've got Wim Hof breathing on my to-do list this week.
1: (laughs) It's, um, I I would get the app. Have you, did you have the app? No. Okay. Get the app. The app is actually really, really, really good. Um, it's free, but then you spend like $4 for all his premiums and it's nice because it has the different timers for the different methodologies. And, perfect. I love his breathing. If you want me to cold shower, I'd rather die.
0: Oh yeah. I don't do that. (laughs) <laughs> so my, like again. I get in a cold pool on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. Um, I figure I stress my body in other ways.
1: Yep. Totally get that. So yeah. like I said, if you were to take his ritual though, and you were to take his methodology and you were to take what he's selling, which a lot of people do, and they take that every single day, that may not be what's best for you. So that's basically having this intuitive connectiveness and awareness this try thing to try things out and be like, "Mm, yes, Mm, no, like "Mm, maybe I'll try it a second time, but I don't know if I'll try it a third, like, but it's being able to listen, tap into, and then actually respond accordingly versus being like, Oh no, Wim Hof said it's the best. I bet. I better turn that shower all the way to cold.
0: This is interesting from a human design perspective. There are two Mm -hmm. pieces on our charts. One says whether consistency is good for us or, no consistency is good for us. So like Mm -hmm. consistency is good for you. It's good for me. Like same routine every morning. Yep. Consistency isn't good for you. It's more like, Hey, have a list of like a hundred different things that you could possibly do. And you pick and choose what feels good to you that day. hundred percent. And then we've got gate five, which is all about rhythm and ritual. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that gate five reminds us is that someone else's ritual is not yours.
1: Exactly. You're going to have
0: your own. And you're
1: going
0: to have your own own time that you're going to like wake up and go to bed and like natural rhythms as well.
1: hundred percent. Yeah, it's funny because I actually track my sleep via like Fitbit or whatnot. And within, I would say a seven minute mark, same bedtime, same wake up, same bedtime, same wake up. That's considered a, that's a a routine. That's a ritual. Mm -hmm. But also like what I also see happening is people following, you know, Wim Hof. And that's great. And this goes back to your human design but also not accounting for seasons, not accounting for energy, not accounting for time of the month. If you're women and you're menstruating, not accounting for perimenopause, if you're above that, like there's a lot of things that it's just, again, that very prescriptive approach. And I'm like, okay, cool. Does that feel good? Okay. Maybe, you know, for this season of my life right now, meditation doesn't work when it's meditation. It's more monkey mind. It's actually causing more anxiety for me. That's okay. (laughs)
0: I think it's such good awareness, especially here in 2020, We, are, when everything is amplified and we're 100%. seeing so strongly like the lack of thinking for oneself mm-hmm. that exists in our society right now and, to, and, and the habit of people taking things just like, this is what I'm supposed to do. So I'm going to do it without exactly. feeling into it or thinking about it.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, it's so funny because also this came off. Be too. So also we're in a very black or white era, era mm-hmm. pardon me. And it's like, okay, I'm either this or I'm this. I can't be both, which it goes again, back to the kind of the polarity conversation. Of, and I'll hit political for a second. I'm either Democrat, I'm Republican. I can't be, I can't have views that actually correspond with both. I'm either a mask wearer or not a mask wearer. I can't have things that are both. I'm either vegan or I'm paleo. I can't have both. Like there's so many different things that I just look at, I'm like, oh, They're like, I wanted to be like, embrace the gray, please, for the life
0: of you. I think that's really fascinating. Just because, okay, (laughs) let me ask you first. Do you, does the polarity resonate with you? And has it ever? What do you mean by that? Like. I felt both of both for,
1: I I feel both of both, if that makes sense.
0: No, it doesn't. What does it mean?
1: Okay. So like, if you were to look at, food for instance Mm -hmm. there are certain times of the month that I know I need protein and I know I need iron and I know I need warm cooked you know really nourishing foods there are other times where I could be probably live and be a totally raw vegan rabbit and be completely thrilled Mm -hmm. so I have that both in there yeah with the with the you know the pull that the the political side there are things that I agree about from a Republican. There are things that I agree about from a Democrat. I have that. I've always felt of both worlds, if that makes sense, which mm-hmm. the literal definition of shamanism is a bridge between both. So I've always felt that bridge. Um, but I've never, I've never seen things as polarity as most people do.
0: Yeah. me neither. I have that feeling about you. <laughs> so
1: is that, is that where you were going That's it, where I was I going because the home. way,
0: no, you did that perfectly because mm-hmm. that's what I was feeling. Like, I just, I don't see it sometimes. Mm-hmm. I don't like the way that the polarity, it doesn't exist for me. Even when I first started my business, people were like, do you work with women or, or men? And I was like, what? I work with humans.
1: hmm Yeah. makes total sense see I work with mostly women because I do talk a lot about cycles and like things of that nature and Mm -hmm. I haven't found a way because I am not living in a male's body to translate that Um, it's funny you brought this up though I actually have I've been searching so if someone out there is listening to this podcast this is me manifesting you I want to teach divine feminine and divine masculine with a male identifying person Cause I want that again, kind of polarity duality between the two. And I have yet to, f- I've had a lot of like conversations and started feeling people out and I'm like, Nope, Nope. Because he needs to also, I mean, to, in order to be in touch with your divine masculine, you need to be in touch with your divine feminine. Mm-hmm. So I need to find that person who is basically the male version of me. <laughs> I am so, and not the mayor, not, the- and not the mayor. No, no, no. <laughs> not the past life regression mayor who wants to do life very differently than I
0: (laughs) I'm excited to see what comes of this because I know your power and I know you just manifested that person
1: yes I will find someone but that's the thing that's been kind of if you if you were to say what would I be excited about it would be that but it hasn't happened yet (laughs)
0: we already know we talked about how you're not surprised exactly so
1: I know I'll find the person and I'll probably message you next week and be like "Gelsey, found it we start
0: January 1 (laughs) I was gonna say like this episode is gonna air soon but I have a feeling you're gonna find this person before it even drops
1: I'll let you know you know I will (laughs) yes
0: please Please is there anything else anything we haven't covered yet that you need like your heart needs to say that people need to hear from you right now
1: I don't think so it's so funny is my mind keeps going back to the fact that you told me Maine was snowy and cold in April and May <laughs> <laughs> that's where my head's been if we're being totally transparent this past 45 minutes to 50 minutes
0: mm-hmm.
1: I'm like oh I have to find a trip for fa- for April and May because I will um I guess so Do do your podcast listeners
0: kind of know your story of where you were it depends how dedicated they are. I don't even know if I've. How, I don't know. I don't know what I've shared and what I haven't.
1: Well, Kelsey has ties to Maine, and now I'm in Maine, so we were having the conversation about when I want to get out of the cold. What month I should take my trip? And I thought January. A little but bit. I say to no. me. <laughs>
0: I say no because the the joy there's the holidays that's fun yay snow winter then January comes and it's still like yay winter fun play and then February comes and it gets really stupid cold and you're like oh my god what what happened like the, the air hurts my face and hurts to breathe and I cut my nose on frozen snot and you know all is that the a day. thing oh god <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Done it. I was going to talk
1: to you before I, you know, <laughs> packed up and moved from beautiful, sunny Charlotte, North Carolina, where my employees still have their air conditioning going. Mm,
0: but Maine is special. Maine mm-hmm. is, there's, my time there was done. Mm-hmm. And it's a different kind of sacredness. Yeah. The spacious so sacredness, especially where you are with all the space around you right now.
1: Exactly. No, I was definitely called here, or um, Nova Scotia was the other place that I felt called to. Mm. And I was like, okay, we can only move so many, you know, degrees north. (laughs) Let's start with Maine. And if I still feel propelled to go to Nova Scotia after, we can expat our way over the border and move to Canada. So we'll see.
0: Oh, wow. I'm Everything that comes out of your mouth, I just am so excited to then see it happen.
1: Exactly, I'm. It's so funny because when I first met my husband, his family was really, really excited that we were going to move up here because you know I grew up in New England, and like I was like, yeah, but I've hated New England because of my upbringing. Like, uh-uh. I was like, don't get too excited just because you know technically I was born in California, but like a lot of my upbringing was Connecticut, so they were super, super excited. And it took them, it, it took us moving from Washington DC to North Carolina for them to be like, oh, I guess you're not moving north to then, you know, superseding their northernness and going up to New England's attic where they're in New Hampshire. Um, and it's just kind of really funny as to like, you know the paths that kind of our lives intertwine and where we go and what people think will happen and what will actually happen.
0: Mm, yeah. And it's all happening at the perfect time. A hundred percent. And yeah, you still have yet, you've only been there two months. There is so much more that Maine is holding for you that oh. you're going to get to discover like every
1: Absolutely. day. Absolutely. So thank you so much for having me.
0: I love playing with you. Thank you so much for sharing so, so much gold.
1: <laughs> it's been fun.
0: How can people work with you? How can they learn more about you? All the yeah, things.
1: So I think the best way to find me is CassandraShuck.com. I'm sure Kelsey will drop it in the show notes so you don't have to even worry about spelling.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: it has links to all the social media, which I am very inconsistent with. Um, has a links to the podcast, which I am very consistent with. And then a links to all the services and other things that I'm doing and events and retreats and all sorts of other fun, fun things.
0: Amazing. You are such a bright light. Thank you for being you. Yes, thank you. Thank you. I love you.
1: Love you too. I appreciate
0: it. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed that conversation. Cassandra is a two, four manifester. In other words, she is wicked powerful. And when you guys are listening to this, I will have given her a full reading yesterday. I am so excited to do that, to dive all the way in to her magical chart. If you want to book yourself a human design reading, go ahead and do it at kelseyabbott.com slash design I love you. Go forth and be awesome.